Have you always thought that the only senior living option for your mom is the big senior living community you drive by on the way to work? Or that skilled nursing facility where she recovered from her fall? I'm your host, Valerie Borg, and today we're talking with Chuck Bongiovanni about residential care homes, which might just be your other option. I'm so excited to welcome Chuck. He founded the largest national senior placement franchise. He raised the bar for the senior placement industry through the first nationally accredited certification, which I am very proud to be a certified placement and referral specialist. Chuck is currently the CEO and co-founder of a national franchise for residential care homes. You may also know them as adult family homes or simply care homes, or maybe you don't know them at all. Either way, this is an episode you don't want to miss. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. You're listening to our doable tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. I love that we're talking about this because I mm-hmm. still have so many clients that don't even know what this is. Right. They have no idea right. what a residential care home is. And so what would you say is just the most basic definition of a residential care home? I think the most basic definition is it is a licensed assisted living community in a residential neighborhood. Yeah. You it's know? like a house. It's like a house, you know, six, depending on where you are, it's six to 16 residents. It's a 16 residents is a much, much bigger home and usually is on a commercial property. But I am willing to bet any listener you have out there, there's a home within a, a mile uh, of them, wherever they are in the nation. I mean, there's 30,000 of these things. Families just don't know that they exist. Yeah, exactly. I think it's partly because it's fairly new. I live in Arizona. So 29 years ago, you know, the Marriott put up the first assisted living facility. Oh my and gosh, then, I had no idea. Oh yeah. And then a lot of homes joined afterwards. So where I live right now, they've been around forever, but you are correct overall. And there's still states in, in the Northeast that it is so hard to open one due to licensure. They, they really make it so the average person can't buy a residential home, go through the whole licensing process. And remember, the licensing process is pretty much the same as a nursing home. I mean, they're, they're overseen by the same people. It's pretty stringent. It's, it's not easy to open up a care home anywhere. Yeah, I'm physically here in Washington State, mm-hmm. and we have over 3,500 mm-hmm. just in the state of Washington. They're everywhere. And then you look at other states where, like you're saying, there aren't hardly any. Yeah, Massachusetts is one, you know, Missouri, Missouri, Connecticut, but right below them in Florida, there's a ton of them. The more northeast you go, the you know, the, the less and less you're going to see. And I, I really think that has to do more with, it's more traditional to have people in a nursing home or maybe, yeah, maybe they families just want to keep mom at home as long as possible. I'm from upstate New York. So I understand, you know, back then you just, unless mom is not walking anymore, you either take care of her your own home or send her to a nursing home. But, you know, in today's world, that's not possible when you're raising kids yourself. Yes. Right. And it's just, yes. you know, you want to. There's not one family I ever worked with that didn't want to. Right. Right. They just, sometimes they just can't. Yeah, exactly. 
so th- they're houses. Mm-hmm. They're like actual houses, sometimes mansion-looking houses. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes with beautiful courtyards, all mm-hmm. the things. But who would be a good fit? The way I look at it, there's two kinds of seniors. One where they're kind of between the regular assisted living facility and a nursing home. So whether that means they can't walk the 500 feet or 600 feet to get to the dining room, it's too much for them. Or they're confused, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's, and they wouldn't do well in a big place. The other one is people that really don't want to socialize with a lot of people. They kind of keep to themselves. So in a residential care home, you you get your own room usually, so you can do that and still come out for meals and not have to worry about an activity director saying, hey, you need to do this today. We're playing horseshoes (laughs) or we're having ice cream social. And, you know, it's only 700 feet away and it starts right now. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. gosh. There's okay. There's so many things. The first thing that you talked about with when someone is confused, Mm -hmm. I actually love this setting for that person. Absolutely. Especially when we're talking about Alzheimer's where they're reverting back to earlier memories because most people lived in a house at Mm -hmm. some point. Mm -hmm. And so it does feel more comfortable. And my background working in senior living communities that was a trigger when they started refusing going, you know, to the dining room. Right. It was this anxiety that they were feeling in that larger environment. And so the residential care homes being a smaller, more familiar environment, I love. And I, I, there's, there's, there's a lot of seniors I worked with in the past that thought that that was their house and they were just renting rooms to everybody else and, you know, let them go with it. Right. It made so much more sense than, you know, I've, I've never had dementia, but I, I would think that, well, sometimes my wife would say I did, but, you know, <laughs> I would think if I'm lost, confused in a big place, that's very, that's a very scary situation to be in. Yes. And so that's why, you know, I like to say that, that the residential care homes, uh, you know, take that next level resident that's not quite ready for a nursing home, but, you know, is not doing well in, in the uh, assisted living communities. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people are great in the system in communities. Agreed. They have a lot of their faculty still. They're lively. They want to do things with people. That's awesome. Some of them have like open bar and stuff like that, right? <laughs> but, yes. you know. And they're best friends with the activity be- director. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they're exactly. helping the activity director. <laughs> right, right, right. There is that niche that, that's the appropriate person for it. I mean, if someone's inappropriate and they really shouldn't be in a home, then they should go to the bigger place. But vice versa is also true. Yeah, exactly. And and then the other thing when you were talking about the activities, one of the things that I run into is that sometimes the loved ones, they don't really know the level of activity that mom or dad right. really want. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes they're thinking it's better if they're more social and have this big activity calendar, not realizing that no, they really just want to watch their favorite shows. Right. <laughs> right. Or this place has a pool table and dad loves pool. 15 years ago, dad loved pool, <laughs> exactly. right? I mean, yes. so, you know, uh, and I don't blame them. A lot of times the kids, yeah. you know, they choose places to make them feel better. And I, yes. I get that. Yeah. But, you know, this is a situation where you have to take yourself outside of yourself and say, what's, what's best for mom? What does mom really want to do? Then you have the opposite. Then you have mom hates it here. And, and she says she's in a room all day. And then you talk to the activity director or the marketer, like she is in every activity. She's loving life. She just, <laughs> She's just yes. getting back. She's getting back at you. You know what I mean? And and you know, exactly. there's that adjustment phase. 
there's about 30 days of an adjustment phase, right? Yeah. I remember a story a family once told me they said um, they took their mom out to lunch. She was in there for about three or four weeks and they took her out to lunch. And during lunch, she just looked at the family and said, I think I'm ready to go home now. And she said, they're like, it broke their heart, you know? And then, but the problem was she was talking about going back to the residential home. She wasn't talking about going back to her house, you know, that they were trying to sell. It's always a huge story I like to talk about. And also we should point out that in some states, they're called adult family homes. Oh, they're personal care homes. Adult care homes, right? I know. And you're right. There's probably eight or nine names. So for someone who wants to find that type of care in their area, they wouldn't even know what to Google. Right. And then it can get even more confusing because if you do know enough to look at reports Mm -hmm. online with a Mm -hmm. a state reporting agency, like for Washington state, it's DSHS. For other Mm -hmm. states, they have different names for it. In the state of Missouri, they're just all assisted living. Right, right. (laughs) So you have to look at the bed count, which they luckily have in order to try to find a smaller residential setting. So what about the staffing? What does that look like compared to an assisted living? You know, that's, that's funny. Uh, wait, assisted living community. Community. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny because when you go tour an assisted living facility and if a family is aware enough to ask, what is your caregiver to uh, staff ratio? What they don't realize is that in many of those bigger places, they're counting the chef, the cook, the lawn guy, everyone in the back office. And they're like, well, we have 20 people working and we have a hundred residents. So we're one to five. And they're not. In a residential care home, depending on the acuity or how, how much care people need, if it's a home with six people in it, there may be one, one and a half caregivers per shift, maybe one overnight. Ten bed homes are usually two caregivers in the day, two in the evening, one at night, and 16 beds are usually three, two and a half, then one, maybe two, depending on the, uh, the level of care that's, that's needed in the home. It's a much lower staff to resident ratio, so they can keep a better eye on it. So that's why it's so important to have the right fit. You don't know what's going on in that apartment, you know? And I'm not cutting down on communities at all. I I really aren't. What I'm saying is that a community is bad for someone who doesn't fit there. And a residential care home is bad for someone who needs to be in a community. It doesn't fit in the small home. So the important thing is finding the right level of care for that person. Yeah, exactly. And has it been your experience that each state you've worked with actually regulates how many caregivers per resident? They get, they skirt by that. That's a great question. They, they skirt by it by saying you have to have enough staff to maintain a safe environment. So there's so a little loophole. <laughs> there's a loophole there, right? Okay. I, I don't know of any state that says you have to have X amount. I know some of the states in Northeast, if you have a a residential care home, I mean, you have to have a nurse. I mean, full-time working, not just Oh, not just on call. Okay. Right, right. So that's why okay. sometimes it's difficult in the Northeast. But I don't, I don't, I'm not aware of any state that says this is the ratio you have. I've heard state requirements referring to having enough staff to meet the needs, right? Safely transfer, safely evacuate within a certain time. But again, yeah, that seems really subjective. Right. I think most of the homes do a good job as far as having the, the appropriate staff. My only concern in this industry right now is the, the care home owner, how involved they are, because there is a thing about being over-involved. I know many homeowners that are working 12, 14 hours a day in the home without a day off. And that's, yeah. that's not a place that I want my mom to go to. It's great that they're getting one-to-one care from the owner and such, but it's probably not the safest environment, no matter if it's the owner or, or anyone working 15, 16 hours a day, yeah. right? 
That's, so it, that's when you want to ask the question, are you getting breaks? Are you exactly there, when, yeah, when's the last time you had vacation? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. When's your day off? What do you do for a day off? And then they say, oh, I don't need a day off. Well, it's like, oh, great. I need to find another place for my mom or her dad. It's, there's a potential for an unsafe environment. Yeah. And know? I think the important thing is having the boundary. Exactly. You know, having the support yep. staff. And yep. if you're choosing to also provide care. Right. And that's, yeah. that's a good question for families to ask when they're looking at residential care. It's really important. And understand that the homeowner who works 16 hours a day might have pride that they work 16 hours a day. Yes. I want to circle back to when you were sort of describing assisted living communities, because okay. I ask, do you feel comfortable with your mom, with your dad behind closed doors? Right. Because if right. you don't feel comfortable with them in that behind those closed doors, then they're probably no longer a good fit for an assisted yeah. living. Yeah. You yeah. moved them out of their own home for a reason. If they're falling a lot at home, they're going to fall a lot in a bigger community. They may not fall as much or even close as much in a residential care home because it's your, your staff is, is with you pretty much all the time. They're room away, at least. At least they're hearing what's going on. Listen to your gut when you're touring, wherever right. you're touring. Right. But especially with an adult family home, because that's going to become your extended family. Exactly. You're going to get to know those other yep. families really well. It's a small, intimate environment. You know, until you walk into one, and I've seen families that I would tour that were so nervous and they were shaking, they'd walk into a care home and it would all just disappear. They were stressed about how mom would, would react to it. And, and a home environment is, you know, something that mom would react to much better. Now, again, assuming it's the right kind of fit because there's, there's a place for everyone, but I like seeing families go from being really, really stressed. It is a stressful time. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no but, matter what. Right? But if they're seeing a professional like you, they should feel very easily about the transition because they know that you know what you're looking for. Yeah, right? Exactly. And that's and they'll see that and they'll feel it. They'll feel yeah. definitely feel it. Especially in a, especially in a residential home. You guys yeah. call them adult family homes up there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we call them adult family homes. And so why do you think it is that in these states that have so many of them that people still don't know about? I think it's just not on the radar because you don't drive past them every single day. You know what I mean? Uh, going to work or not, right? You don't know where they are. I placed a senior in a residential care home that was literally next door to the family. And the family, it was there for seven, eight years. And the family had no idea that it was there, right? Yeah. And the was, they were static, you know, that they were able to do that. And I've had families that found them a place, you know, 400 yards away. And they said, do me a favor. Tell my mom she's three miles away, you know, because if she calls me, if she calls me, I want to say I'm at the other side of town shopping or something like that and not get there quickly. Right. Okay. Chuck, we call that self-care. Yes. And it's important, you know, that is self-care. And yep. if you are listening and that is you, that is okay. It's fine. Absolutely fine. Yeah. So Chuck, what would be your number one doable tip for families? Wow. Kind of bias, uh, but I would say <laughs> find a referral placement agent to help you with it. You know, you're, you're, you're not going to buy a house without a real estate agent, right? And so it's, it makes the same kind of sense to find a professional who helps you find, find the right care. Families go in there saying, wow, it's a beautiful chandelier and it's so clean. It's great. And I'm telling you, some of those big, beautiful places have a lot of violations, caregivers quitting left and right, and executive directors leaving left and right. And again, that's a small percentage of them. But if you don't know that, 
you could put your mom in a situation which probably isn't the best for her, even in the most bright and cleanest place that you can think of. It's not all about that. It's more about the care than the appearance. Today's episode is brought to you by Majestic Residences, residential care homes providing a wide range of assistance, including assisted living and memory care, a standardized level of care from a leadership team with a combined 75 years of experience, growing nationwide, a great place to live, or join the team and start your own care home. Majestic Residences, ageless possibilities. Find more information in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable.